0: Hey, this is John Fenn, Church Without Walls International, CWOWI.org, and our EU website, CWOWI.EU. Hey, we are, as you know, a house church network. What that means is we meet in homes. We rotate where possible who's hosting. We rotate who's leading so that anyone has an opportunity to host if it's possible or in there they want to, or at least lead, and certainly it's participatory in nature. It's not... Uh, sermon-oriented at all. In fact, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, when you come together, every one of you, maybe somebody's got a psalm. A psalm is worship or prayer. And then he said a revelation, a revelation of something God showed you, or a doctrine that's something that God recently taught you or the gifts of the Spirit are in operation. So it's not sermon-oriented, it's more about Christ in me and what's going on and sharing with everyone else so they can be enriched and profited by it. All right, today talking about NDEs, which are near-death experiences, visions, and revelations from the Lord, and trances. There is a lot of confusion out there, and I just want to, to straighten it out a little bit to give people some information, because... I know certainly in my email inbox, and I'm sure in many others, there's a general confusion where there are enough websites that do teachings and interviews and and ministry things and and things of that nature, and they tend to group an NDE, which is a near-death experience, with visions of the Lord and everything else. And so, like, I'll get emails and say, you know, I've been studying NDEs and and, uh, yours are are different or, or something like that. And it's like, hold it, hold it. Don't group what happens to me with a near-death experience. They're not the same thing. And that's why I'm, I'm here to, to differentiate between the two. First off, a near-death experience is near death. It's not death. All right? That's the first thing to understand. It is near death. It is not death. Because it is near death, that means a person carries with them into their life, and they're still alive, they might clinically die for a time. They may have a near-death experience, but they are still alive, and so they carry into that experience their their age, their maturity level, their religious background. For instance, there was one guy, a doctor who who was an atheist and, and wrote wrote a book. <clears throat> well, there's several along those lines, but there's someone who wrote a book and in the medical profession and had. Uh, you know, just talked about how he's no longer an atheist. He's been to the other side. He had a near death experience. Well, if you dig a little deeper and, and you read about his experiences, they're just kind, of, they're just weird. Um, they're just very. There's nothing scriptural in there about him. Things are just a little bit off, and it hits your spirit as being a little bit off. Well, you dig a little deeper, you find out he and his spouse was in in New Age in New Age religions. And so you see all these influences out there from, from other religions and spiritual th- things. And and so it's like you have to discard that. You see, the, the, a true vision, well, let me put it this way, a near-death experience, I guess that's the first point to reemphasize, is a near-death experience is still just near death. If this is death, you're near it. So anything from your life, anything from your education, your religion, your culture, will, it will go right there. And, and and you pass through the other side, we know what's on the other side. Jesus has been to the other side. We have many scriptures and revelations about about what's on the other side as far as the Lord. In fact, the book of, of the Revelation is about the apostle John being caught up into heaven and seeing the father on his throne and the Lord come and take the book out of the right hand of him who sits on the throne and open the, open the scrolls. I mean, we, we know what awaits on the other side, but a near-death experience is just, it's still life. They haven't crossed over into death. And so that's why you get all kinds of, of different experiences and everything. Don't group them together. They're not the same. Now, a, what we're talking about, what I'm talking about, is a vision or revelation of the Lord. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Paul is talking about himself. And he says, I will come to visions and revelations in the Lord. And he says this. He said, I know a man about 14 years ago, who was caught up into paradise, whether he was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. That's Writing in the third person was the writing style of the first century. And so Paul's clearly talking about himself. Every commentator is, who is worth his salt uh, knows <clears throat> that he's talking about himself. And I think if you look up commentaries, you'll find that. So Paul is talking about visions and revelations of the Lord and how he was caught up into paradise. He, he was caught up into heaven. And so uh, another example is in 1 Samuel chapter 3. <clears throat> in 1 Samuel chapter 3, the boy Samuel has the Lord come and call him. And he says, Samuel, Samuel. And if you'll remember the, the little boy, Samuel gets up three times and he goes to Eli, the priest, and said, did you call me? And finally, the priest said, no, 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 it must be the Lord. So the next time you say, okay, here I am, Lord. What do you want? So 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 10 says this. It says, then came the Lord... Verse 10 says, then the Lord came and stood as he had at the other times and said, Samuel, Samuel. And the Lord talked to him and, and, the, and he saw the Lord in that. And he says in verse 15, this is first Samuel 3.15, it says that the boy Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. And then in verse 21, it says, then the Lord came again and appearing to, to Samuel and this time revealing himself as the word of the Lord. So when Eli was, the Lord was there in the room and he had to have his eyes open to his realm. That's a vision, that's a revelation of the Lord. We know that a true vision or revelation of the Lord is going to is going to glorify the Lord Jesus. But <clears throat> there is there's another thing besides an NDE not being a death experience. And so you have to put it on the shelf. Do not lump it together with everything that purports to see the other side. G- you know, judge it. Grade it. If it sounds weird, it is. You say, okay, how can a person do this? The near death experience, okay? There was a man in Nigeria who, who, a Christian man who claimed to have had a near death experience and said that when he was there, the Lord gave him a tour in his near death experience, not a vision. He didn't claim that, but in a, in a near death experience, he was dead and they brought him back medically. And he said he was given a tour of hell. And one of the things he said there was that he saw Christians who were not tithers in hell. And that was part of his testimony when he woke back up and everything that he saw. Another example, I received emails from two women in Ghana, which is another West African nation. And there was a woman, similar thing, had a medical emergency, died, was revived. She claimed when she came back, she said she, she had a, a near-death experience where she was given a tour of hell or a look at hell, and she saw Christian women with braided hair, in hell, and they were in hell because they braided hair, their hair, just the same way the Nigerian man claimed he saw non-tithers in hell because they didn't tithe. So it caused me to do a little homework, a little, dig a little deeper. Well, it turns out the man in Nigeria, his church preached, you tithe or you go to hell. It was that's that's the culture that's his religious culture that he was in, and similar story with the women from Ghana they the church of the lady that said she saw women with braided hair there her pastor preached that the women cannot braid their hair or else they will go to hell so if the Nigerian man and if the the Ghana lady if their experiences were legitimate if they were real then remember, again, they came to the brink of death. They came to the point of death, but a near-death experience is not death. And so it's subject to to their religion, to their maturity level, to everything else. And so if it was genuine, then that's why they carried their church culture into the near-death experience. Now, had they gone to the other side and actually died, they would have a whole different experience. And like I said, we've seen that from the book of Revelation and others who've talked about, you know, paradise, et cetera. We know what, what paradise and heaven is all about. Or at least we have a good idea. and so let let me give you another example. <clears throat> um, the way people mix things in with their um, with their religion and everything else. I'll, well let me let me start this. I'll say the phrase in the spirit in revelation one ten and revelation four two. In the Revelation 110, the Apostle John says this: I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard a voice like a trumpet behind me. And I turned and he talks about seeing the Lord Jesus and he was in glory. So what happened is the Apostle John was, he said, in the spirit. That means he was he was in that realm of the Lord. And so he could see in that realm. It most likely, we don't know for sure, but but because he describes it as an all-consuming uh vision or being in the spirit with the Lord, he probably wasn't aware of the physical surroundings around him. He also uses that same phrase in chapter four and verse two, where he says, where he says, I heard a voice uh, from heaven that sounded like a trumpet saying, come up here. And he looked and behold, a door was open in heaven. He said, immediately I was in the spirit and he was, and he was suddenly standing before the throne of the father God. And most people take this as, as the rapture, which happens before Jesus opens the seals of, of, the, uh, of, of what becomes the tribulation or the time of Jacob's trouble. And because he hears a voice, it's like a trumpet. He sees a door open in heaven. He hears a voice saying, come up here. And he goes. But he says he was in the spirit. So he was completely unaware of anything happening in the natural. So you've got the near-death experiences, which are a person who is alive, he is alive. It's just near death to the point of death. They've not passed over to the other side. It's near death. They're brought back. So it's all going to be subject to their culture, their religion, their age, their maturity level. But if you are in the spirit... That's neither an, that's not a near death experience. That is a vision. That is a revelation from the Lord. Like Paul described in 2 Corinthians 12, how he was caught up into heaven, caught up into paradise. And the apostle John describes the same thing in the Revelation chapter 4 and verse 2, that he was in the spirit and he was brought up before the father's throne. When you're in the spirit, you can see the father because you're in the spirit. You're not in your flesh. And so, and and that's why, (laughs) side note, that's why Exodus 33, and you read Stowe, oh, you can start down to verses 5, 6, 7, and if you want to read all the way through verse 11 and, and on. In Exodus 33, it says that the glory cloud descended on the tabernacle, and Moses went into that glory cloud. And there in verses 10 and 11, it says, and the Lord talked to him face to face, like a man talks to a friend. But then you go down just eight or nine verses later, and Moses is up on the mountain. He's not in the glory cloud, and he wants to see the Lord's, what the substance, the kabod, what he's made of. And the Lord says, well, you can't see my face and live. I'm going to put you in a cleft in the rock. The difference is Moses was in the spirit, In the first part, when the glory cloud came down on the tabernacle he entered into that cloud and he could talk to the Lord face to face. But when he's just hiking around on the mountain there and talking with the Lord, he wants to see what the Lord's made of. And he says, okay, you know, you're not in the spirit, you're in the flesh right now. So, you know, I'm going to put you in a cleft in a rock, put my hand over your eyes and and we'll go from there. So very two different things, very two different things. And so being in the spirit, um, related to being in the spirit is the word trance. Now, we see trance happening in Acts 10.10, where it says that Peter fell into a trance. Acts chapter 10, verse 10. Peter fell into a trance, and he saw a vision of a sheet with all the different kinds of animals lowered. And it was three times this. And it was a lesson, it was a parable on, on the fact that God created all people equally, and Jesus died for all, which was new to that Jewish mind, the idea that Gentiles might be saved. So we see that in Acts chapter 10, verse 10. It says he fell into a trance. And also in Acts 21, uh, where is that uh, 2110, no, 21, seven, 17. in Acts 2217 Paul talks about how he fell into a trance and he saw Jesus and he saw the Lord. And I have seen people in trances. I, uh, one time during a worship time, uh, at a, a chapel a Bible school that I was the director, we had a woman on the worship team and she was worshiping and she just froze. And I could see in the spirit, there was a shaft of light coming down over her. And she froze and I just said, okay, she's going to be here for a while. She was, she was like that for about two hours. The, after our chapel time, the, the teacher who came in to teach the next class again at this Bible school, I said, if you could just, he was familiar with the ways of the spirit. So it didn't bother him. I said, she's, she's in a trance. Just, just let her go and, and just teach your class. And about halfway through that class, which would have been, you know, 90 minutes, two hours, she had been in the trance. That she came out of it, and what happened was the Lord was was showing her things and speaking to her things. I've had other people who've been frozen, just sitting in their chair, and yet the Lord came and took them away. One lady talked about being carried away by the Lord uh, to a waterfall, where they talked about her, uh, how much He loves her, and just really, just really healed her self esteem and self image and everything else. She was so. In it, she was so in the spirit, in this trance, she didn't know if her she was taken physically to this waterfall or what. And we all had to assure her, no, she never left us in that room. I've seen this many, many different times. So, uh, so anyway, I just want to bring these points out to you that a near-death experience don't put them all together at, with a as a vision or revelation of the Lord. A, a, a near-death experience is just near death. They're still very much alive. They, they, they may have to be clinically revived, but they carry with it because they're still alive, because they're not truly dead. Just a near-death experience. They carry with it their culture, their religious training, and everything else into it oftentimes. Are there Christians who went to heaven and saw the Lord? Absolutely, there are the legitimate ones. Here's the key. In James chapter 3, he says, The wisdom from the world is sense-oriented and brings confusion. And as that's the wisdom from the world. It, it's sense-oriented, and it brings confusion. He says this uh, in James 3, when you go down through verses 15 through 17, he talks about how the wisdom from above is pure and peaceful. So a true experience will resonate, a vision, a revelation, or a near-death experience. If it's of the Lord, it will resonate with your spirit. You'll have that peace there. All right, hope this has been helpful.